on SIN 90.7 for all you need to know about the trade and free agency period powered by AFL TRDON. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the trade table or follow us on Twitter at the trade table. Good afternoon and it's a pleasure to have your company once again on the trade table coming at you live on SIN 90.7. As always, we've got plenty of trade news to discuss on the second day of the trade period. James, how are you feeling, mate? I'm feeling really good. I'm really excited. I'm, I'm hoping some deals can get done in the next couple of days and even today, hopefully. Harrow, feeling good? Yeah, mate. Good day. Um, bit of a stalemate so far, but hopefully we'll get some deals done. And we've got, uh, we're joined by Sam once again today. How are we, boys? Very exciting day. Not a lot, not too much has happened, but we've still got plenty to talk about on the show, don't we, Billy? Yeah, should we, should we go straight into it? Uh, we've got uh, the top headline for, t- for today is uh, Tom Rockliffe's paperwork is due to be lodged, reportedly at 700000 a year. So I'm going to kick it off with, do we think Tom Rockliffe's worth 700000 a year? Arrow? I definitely do. I mean, he's a, gen- he's a 2014 All-Australian. Um, there's, there's the argument that it's a bit overs, but I think it's definitely fair. Um, Tom Rockliffe is a genuine A-grader. I mean, they add, he adds to their midfield. No matter who's in there, he, he, he adds to their midfield and their forward half. He, as I said, yeah, he can play mid and forward. He's a goal kicker. I definitely think he's worth 700, 700 a year. Yeah, I think I think he's probably up there. It's it's I don't know whether it's a little bit overs, but, I mean, considering his leadership qualities, I mean, there's been a lot of set, said about him being an ex-captain, like his captaincy, but I think that's got to be consideration. Um, he's, he's multiple, can play multiple positions on the ground, um, I think it'll be a good pickup for Port. Well, I mean, I'm only speculating here, but I mean, what do you think he would have been on at Brisbane? What, six hundred, maybe? Maybe around five. And, yeah. and and if he and if he was, you have to pay overs to get good players out, and even that, I don't think really is overs. I mean, I think that is fair for the type of player that he is. Well, I think when you consider how much play, uh, player payments have gone up in the last couple of years and exactly, see what yeah. some of the players are on, which is well over a mil now, I think it's it's, it's not not too much. Yeah, that's a good point, especially considering the twenty percent increase. That, that's I mean, I think that's oh, it's certainly not a steal, definitely not a steal, but I think it's definitely fair for Port Adelaide. Yeah, mm. yeah. So this means that Port misses out on their on their compens- compensation from the AFL because. Uh, because they're bringing in Rockliffe, they miss out on the compensation for Trengove. Uh, how do you think that affects them? Um, well, essentially, it means they're trading out Trengove for Rockliffe. So it just means they don't get pick 30, which they're offered by the AFL for Trengove. I think it's a big deal. I think you take Rockliffe instead of pick 30 any day. Um, so it's still, it's still a great upside for Port. And I think in return, Brisbane are getting pick 19 for losing Rockliffe, aren't they? Um you know, I'd be pretty happy if with Brisbane, you probably, if you'd maybe got to pick a little bit higher, you probably would have taken that. But I think 19's about where Rockliffe's probably worth. What do you think, Hub? Yeah, I, I would have been surprised if they got more than that. But I actually personally think that that is a bit cheap. Um, I mean, I, I don't think the Lions would be shattered with pick 19, but I actually think he would be worth um, a little bit more than that. But I think, I certainly think Port will be happy with losing Trengove, getting Rockliffe in. But um, I think the Lions, I mean, they, they've have to accept what they've been given, but I think Rockliffe would be worth slightly more than that. Yeah, we all know what Rockliffe's capable of. He uh, he burst onto the scene, didn't he, as a as a young midfielder, racking up unbelievable disposal amounts. And um, do you see the stagnation in his in his uh, disposal count uh, changing when he gets to Port, James? Well, I think it'll be interesting to see where they play him. Um, Personally, I don't see all of Wine, Spoke, Pal Pepper, 
and Brockliffe playing 100% midfield time in the same midfield. They're all mm. bulls. Well, Bokes, Bokes gone forward now. He's gone forward a he? bit. But yeah. I think Rockliffe's as good a forward as any of those guys, yeah. if not better. So I think Rockliffe will spend at least a bit of time forward for Port next year, which might affect his disposal camp, but it'll mean he kick more goals. He just gets it done, though, doesn't he? He just yeah. gets it done wherever he plays. He racks up. I mean, he's one of those players where sometimes people have the argument, oh, he's just he's just an accumulator. But when he goes forward, he's dangerous. He just yeah. gets it done for you. He'll, he'll, average, he'll average at least 27, 20, 26. Sam, uh, do you think uh, Rockliffe's tendency to pick up uh, niggling injuries is a concern for Port Adelaide? Picking up a player... He's not a spring chicken anymore, and he's shown that he does get injured throughout the season. Uh, do you think that's a concern for you? Well, like you said before, Jim, um, Port Adelaide's got a lot of midfield depth, so I don't think he'll be spending as much time in the midfield, where it's probably going to be a bit more, more demanding on his body. And they do have good cover-up forward, so like he'll, he'll, I think he'll personally play up forward a lot more, and they'll use him up forward a lot more. So, And they can probably manage him a bit better if, as well if they play mm. him up forward. And I think he's, probably quite, I think he's actually quite a bit forward. As well, yeah, so, I think you're up right, Sam. Yeah, no, yeah, could be, yeah. Got to say, I disagree with that one. I think Rockliffe plays his best football in the middle of the ground. Oh, so he, who do you, so who do you think goes forward out of those four, or do you think all four of those Wines, Boke, um, or even well, Wines, Boke, Power Pepper? Well, well I think Boke played seventy-five uh, percent forward this year. Seventy-five percent. Yeah, if you yeah. watched, if you watched Port Adelaide play, Boke barely played any time in the midfield. Well, even that. Do you think Wines, Power Pepper, and Rockliffe all play one hundred percent midfield time? No, well, no one plays 100% no. midfield well, time. Well, at, at least majority. I think their, their A-grade midfield will be Wines, Rockliffe, Pal Pepper next year. For mine, that's three players who are very similar. So who don't use the ball, who are bulls. They use the ball, but not, not particularly well. I don't think that improves their midfield from, say, Boke being in there. Yeah, I mean, oh, well, I think Boke gets the nod over Pal Pepper, but I think... When you're talking about players who are all the same, they still, I mean, that's their inside midfielders, but they still have Pollock and Ebert on the outside. I think their midfield balance is really nice, mm. actually. They've got I players to complement them. Anyway, moving on, we've got uh, big news coming out of Western Sydney that Shaden Mumford may have played his last game for the Giants. Uh, he's obviously had that angle problem that's plagued him for many years now. Um, Harrow, do you, do you see a return of the mummy, or do you think that's it? Well, I mean... I'm not inside his body, but it it doesn't look good for him. Mm. Um, and if they do lose him, it, it's it's a huge loss. I mean, we can't forget how good this man was. I mean, a lot of the year we sort of talked about um, GWS played better when they were smaller, but there's no doubt. I mean, this bloke's in at his peak. He's in anyone's best twenty-two. Go ask go ask a bunch of ruckmen the last ten years, especially go ask a bunch of backup second ruckmen like Justin Kizzi or I mean, he just bullied ruckmen, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. Um, He's an, he was an absolute beast. It'll be, he'll be a huge loss. A spiritual leader for I mean, them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Really lifted them. Exactly. Best and fairest winner. And at his peak, he, he was arguably their most important player. I mean, he's the best and fairest winner. Yeah. yeah. And big news out of Collingwood. Jake Nile has said that Collingwood don't want Shaki. Uh, Sam, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's an interesting one. So this was broke this morning on SEN by uh, Jake Nile. Um, you know, and he was conferring with uh, Shaki's manager, David Trotter. Um, and Niall pretty emphatically said to clarify, Shaki, or Collingwood are not interested in Josh Shaki. And you know he also says that there's a this comes as a surprise to a lot of people. Um, I think we talked about this yesterday, saying that Carlton and Collingwood were both sort of looking maybe potentially at Shaki, especially Collingwood. I mean, in terms of Ford, they've only got Moore and um, Mason Cox really as their yeah. big forwards. Well, so yeah. I mean, out of Car- if I was picking out of Carlton and Collingwood, I mean, I, I wouldn't be 
looking at Shaq here if I was at Carlton. But if I was at Collingwood, I mean, I certainly yeah. would. But yeah. the only, I mean, if if we're going to read into this, if if they don't want Shaq here, they clearly have a lot of faith in Mason Cox mm. because mm. Darcy Moore obviously is a, is a superstar. Yeah. Uh, but he needs help. Brody Grundy is also a superstar, but they they, they want him to play ruck. Chris Mayne is, was a fail. Um, he may get he may improve. Who knows? He may get games, but he, and I mean he's even he's sort of that third tall. Um, so I think. I mean, it makes sense to me. Shaki makes sense to me at, at Collingwood, and I think he fits in. So clearly, they have faith in Mason Cox. I think also another contributing factor that to that is though is that Shaki is going to demand quite a lot in return. Collingwood's only pick, Collingwood's highest pick is pick six, which is a really high pick. I don't think Collingwood are too willing to let go of pick six either to get Shaki. Um, I'm not sure. What do you think on that, James? Yeah, it's interesting. I think that would be a big factor um, because obviously Brisbane wanting would want pick six if they knew that was on the table, and I don't think Collingwood would want it. But for me, just looking at their list, I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but I think more probably Darcy Moore probably suits the second your second option almost more than he does carrying your forward line, whereas a lot of reports on Shaki at his best in his peak in the future could be your number one forward. So I think those two, a bit more mobile, um, they're not like huge big bodies. They could be in the future, oh. but I, th- I think... Um, I think they they'd offer us a lot together. I think it'd be work, but uh, it's, just, it's, it's just very interesting. Collingwood have um have passed him up. It, yeah, it it surprises me. I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Um. I mean, the point that that they don't have enough to give for him. I mean that. I mean that also makes sense. Mm. But I mean, you don't just rule someone out just because you think we don't have enough for him. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if they really wanted to get the deal done, they could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what their second pick is, Jim. But um, I think if they bundled, bundled that up with a player, I think that could. That would definitely, the Brisbane would definitely take that, considering well, they have picked depend, well. depending on Depending on what the pick They're is. coming off the back of one of the worst trades in AFL history with Maine at this stage of I think things. he was a, I think he might have been a free agent. Oh, well, but they've brought him into the club yeah. regardless. Yeah. They're probably a bit and, nervous um, to bring anyone else yeah. in, aren't they, on a big... So they're trading lightly. Yeah, well, I was just looking at the draft list, and they don't have a pick till 37 in the okay, third round. Okay, so okay. It's, well, it's maybe... six or 37, which isn't obviously enough for Shaki, so... It makes it hard for them, but it's, you're right, Harper. It's interesting they've ruled it out so early. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it would be hard to get get it done with that with those numbers. But as I said, I mean, that's just. I, I mean, I wouldn't be sitting there thinking, oh, let's just give up. I mean, we can't get mm. him in. I mean, I'd still be going after him. Yeah. Does that mean that maybe if they're not going after Shaq, they've got someone else in mind? Do we think that they? And obviously, this is all speculating at the moment. But do, that, do you think that they have an idea of someone else that they want to get, maybe a bit older, a bit more mature? Yeah, I mean, oh, well, maybe that could be right. Um, I don't have any intel yeah, on that. I don't think. I don't think. But as I said before, you know, I think the reports were that Brisbane were chasing Mason Cox, and they obviously wanted to hold on to him, and now they're, they're laying off Josh Shackey. So, I mean, the way I read into it is that they have a lot of faith in Mason Cox and mm. in the bodies of so people like Jamie Elliott and um, Alex Vasolo too. Mm. That they've, they're keeping Vasolo ruled out trading him. Um, they rate the forward line of Cox, Fasolo, Elliott and Moore and the more to stay fit. And I think um, for a lot of the year, the problem, I mean, their goal kicking was a bit, was, was very off towards the start of the year, but I don't think their problem was efficiency inside 50 as in turning inside 50s into score. I think yeah. more of the problem was going inside, yeah. going yeah. inside 50, that yeah. kick inside 50, that, that was that probably their problem. Man, which is where I, th- why I th- um, thought they'd go hard after Jack Watts, who I think would offer a lot. Oh, in, again, in yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but doesn't seem like he's very keen to go with them. No, no. Yeah, Elliot's the key to that forward line, isn't he? He's sort of the glue that yeah. that holds it all together. They really struggled this year without him. Yeah. Um, North Melbourne have gone bang uh, with their. <laughs> They've gone bang. With yeah, their, have their, gone their bang. <laughs> <laughs> they have. Uh, 
They have been very brutal. Uh, delisting Sam Gibson, which was the biggest surprise. Um, and they've added another two today with um, Aaron, Mull- Aaron Mullet and Corey Wagner. Uh, that's, that's as well as having Hanson delisted. Uh, what do you think of that, boys? Oh, it's a bit stiff on uh, Gibson, I would have thought. Been a serviceman and a real journeyman for the club. Um, and played, was it 140 games? 130. 130 in a, games. In a row. In a mm. row. Uh, yeah, you'd, you'd have to count yourself pretty stiff. I know he's very keen on getting picked up by someone. Oh, shock. I mean, this is a bloke. I mean, you've, you've, they've just moved out four legends last year. Um, Hanson moves on again this year. You can't get rid of everyone at once. Um, Sam Gibson, I think he's, he's certainly over 30. But he's a bloke who's durable, who gets the job done. He's probably in, probably still in their best 15 to 12, 15 players. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a shock, especially especially considering their midfield is a lot of just inside ball winners who don't have a lot of... I mean, Seb Gibson is an unbelievable... I mean, mm. he's an unbelievable runner, and he can give them so much on the outside. So, yeah, to me, it's a shock. Well, you say he's durable. He's got the longest running exactly. uh, AFL consecutive games record. Exactly. And... Um, even Sam himself said uh, it wasn't a decision I particularly agreed with, to be honest. So he seems to be a bit dirty about it. Um, but he also said, uh, I'd happily go anywhere to play. I haven't had an injury for at any level for eight years. I feel like I could play for another three to four years. That's a big call, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is a big is call. But what, what do we think about that, Sam? Do you think he can find a new home? I think he's the most eligible of the delisted players so far to find another club. Basically, his quotes are saying what we just said there, but from a different perspective. So that he he, he knows that he can keep playing, and I reckon he's very he'd be feeling very dirty at North. He, he seems like incredibly a, dirty at North right now. I mean, he seems like a competitive bloke, doesn't he? I mean, mm-hmm. he clearly he's a little bit dirty. Um, yeah, this is not you know he hasn't come out and and lashed at, lashed out at, at North, but he, he's you know he's been professional, but clearly he's. He's not too happy, and no. I think he's just a competitive beast that wants to go on. I think it's fair enough, too, when yeah. he's played that well. And yeah. if you can get three, four years out of him yeah. somewhere, I mean, someone... If, I'd, be, I'd be surprised if someone didn't take him. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually... I reckon this is kind of a weird move from North as well, because obviously they're going through a rebuild, and these three or four years that he would probably be playing for are when they'd be going through the biggest part of their rebuild, and they need players like him, experienced, sort of solid running players that they can build a team around. So it actually just doesn't... At the same, at the, By the same token, though, you could say that He's taking a spot in the side of a young bloke, so taking him out to True. get experience into the younger, t- younger, younger players, which North are clearly rebuilding, and that's mm. what this, these delistings say. They've yep. gotten rid of Gibson, Hanson, and Mullet. They're not mucking around. But, you know, they yeah. want the next generation in playing game time. Clearly, well, we look at the. They've got pick four, and so they're going to almost certainly going to take a, a strong midfielder. Yeah. So I guess that means for them, you got to take out a midfielder put to put one in and give give them some good games. Yeah, yeah but so. it's not. I mean, that yeah, that's true. That's right. But it's not just that easy as one no, in, one no. out. It's There's, still, you oh, can't, it's still incredibly stiff. exactly I, like a their number four draft pick may not play a game this year. Totally. I, you know, like. Yeah. Um, but I mean, also. Uh, let's not sort of just brush over Aaron Mallard. I mean, I think that's a bit of a... That's brutal. I mean, you said they were brutal, mm. Billy. That's exactly what they are. I mean, that's yeah. a bit of a shock as well. He played 18 games last year. Uh, he's shown he's got a lethal left foot. Um, won the Rising Star one year, I think. And yeah. just big surprise again to go with Gibson. Um, so clearly North are going in a certain direction and he doesn't fit that. But um, I think he's another one that can find a new home. James, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think... 
Well, how old is he? Is he? Oh, he'd be what twenty two. Yeah, I'm not sure. Young, early twenties. I think if if you're that age profile, you're showing that much promise. Um, there wouldn't be at least at the very least put it, being put on a rookie list somewhere. There wouldn't be any danger in that. I would. Oh, he's twenty five. He's twenty five. Sorry. Okay. So I mean, he's still still in the prime prime of his career. Yeah, yeah. He's coming into that. So I mean, you'd understand once a club's held had to play for that long, and if they're not producing the good good footy or good enough footy, um, that you move them on. But that means it just might mean a change of scenery could help him and help him like reach his best footy. So, be interesting. Let's move out west and where Brady Rawlings, uh, the West Coast Eagles list manager, has categori- categorically ruled out Andrew Gaff getting traded. Um, Gaff's clearly a key player for West Coast. Uh, yep. Racks up the disposals for them. Uh, how important is this for West Coast, Harry? Well, I mean, I think they they would have never had any real doubt about this. Um, there's no way they want to lose Andrew Gaff. They're losing Prittis Mitchell. Um, they're losing a lot of experience. Drew Pitch yeah. is a different posi- um, position. But, yeah, there's no way they'd be wanting to lose Andrew Gaff. H- having said that, he does fit in at a couple of Melbourne clubs if if um, if they if he did want to um, come out. Yeah. It's not thing. surprising at all for me. That yeah. would have been an absolute yeah. nightmare to lose yeah. Gaff. For me, if they lost Gaff, that's a crisis situation. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's your midfield pretty much gone yeah. other than Shuey, So, I think he's one of those standard, if he was playing in Melbourne players, he'd be... Everyone would know about him, be constantly talking about him. And I, I really rate Gaff. Like he, um, I think along with Shuey, he's probably the core of that West Coast midfield. And you're right. If he was playing in a Melbourne club, we'd be constantly talking about him. Mm. But because he's playing in a, but because he's playing in Perth, you know, there's a little bit less attention on him. And you're right, Hub. There are plenty of Melbourne clubs that would love to throw an offer at him, but it's just not going to happen. St Kilda North, he'd fit yep. him well. Yeah. But it's not going to happen, is it? No. no. Another player that likes to play his trade on the wing is Billy Hartung. Um, we've seen him. Not quite get the opportunity at, at Hawthorne, and when he has at times, he hasn't quite impressed as he would have liked. Um, uh, his manager has come out and said that uh, they're happy. he's happy to move and Hawthorne are, are open to trades, negotiations. Uh, do you think he fits in somewhere, James? Um, well, yeah, he's out of contract, so I don't know why, but Hawthorne seemed to not rate him as highly as, as what they once did. I mean, I think of clubs hmm. like a Port Adelaide who just lost, who are losing Impey. Well, um, when they lost Brad Hill, he was supposed to be that guy on well, the wing exactly for, right. their, for yeah. their run and carry, wasn't he? Well, yeah. I guess yeah. Impey's coming in for that kind of reason, yeah. for some pace on the wing, halfback. Um, I think of clubs like even Geelong are losing Motlop and some pace off halfback around the midfield on the wing. Mm-hmm. You could use someone like a Hartung. I mean, I I really rate often at times players when they get to this stage in their career if they haven't quite reached that point, a change of scenery can make all the difference. Um, really, really help them out. So. Yeah, he must be a little bit a little bit frustrated at this stage. His name got definitely got thrown up last year in a potential Brisbane trade. I mean, I think he must be a little bit frustrated. He's he's a bloke that when when he gets in, he, he I mean, I think if he performs, yeah, no, um, I, he, I, he adds something to a team. I actually really, and I think him. as a Geelong support, I would be happy to happy to. Take yeah, him. I mean, I think he, he he would feel a little bit hard done by at this stage. I reckon, especially yeah. especially considering the period that Hawthorne are going through. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, like there, this is a serious transition period for Hawthorne. And I, I would have thought that at the start of this season, Billy Hartman would be thinking, "Here we go. This is like, we're on here. This is my chance." Yeah. Yeah, it, that's got to be a sign, isn't it? When your club's not pushing for finals, or not really, and you're still not getting games, it's got to be a sign to, it's time to move on. We've got some rumour mill stuff for you now, and we're going to start with a rumour about uh, David Swallow being offered $3.75 million over five years to go to North to join his brother. Just a rumour. Just a rumour. We must, we must clarify. Keep that clear. 
But to me, that's someone that they're screaming out for, that midfielder who can win it on the inside and outside, who's got a bit of class to him, to accompany those midfield bulls, Cunnington, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, James, what do you think of that potential trade? Well, I just think Gold Coast wouldn't let it happen. I mean, why? Why? What would be the incentive of letting that happen? Yeah. Lose, just losing another quality midfielder. Lost Prestia, lost Ablett, Benel, uh, Benel, O'Meara, Cat. Even they, they're just. Li- they would be the laughing stocks if uh, that happened. You just would as a Gold Coast um, AFL or whatever. You just wouldn't let it happen. It's doomsday. It's doomsday for Gold Coast, isn't it? But that's that is the player that yeah. that, that North Melbourne needs. Yeah. That is, yeah. I mean, exa- exactly right what you said, Billy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's. He's a bull inside, but he can damage on the outside as well, and that's what they need. So it does make sense for the north end of things. And we've we've heard a lot of news about the three S's, uh, Stringer, Smith, and... Saad. Saad, thanks, Harp. <laughs> um, so obviously Essendon have to facilitate these trades if they want to bring these players in. And uh, Travis Collier's name's been thrown around lately. Um, Just in the last... Just in the last few minutes, I think. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he's obviously he has tremendous speed, and uh, he's he's a player that he's question marks over his starting starting place in the side if they get these players. So, do you think he has value, Harrow? No, think- yeah, he's a loss. Yeah, he's a loss if they if this. I mean, they have to give up something to get something. They do, yeah. But um, if it's Collier, then then that is a loss. He's he's definitely in their starting twenty two. I think. Um, he plays a, a big role in, um, as a small defensive forward. I think I think certainly he's lost. Do you, do you still think he gets a game with Devin Smith, Tippin Wooding? Uh, so obviously Essendon have great players with speed. Fantasia, yeah. Uh, Fantasia as well. Stringer coming in. Do you think he can get a game with all these forwards? I think he can play multiple multiple positions as well. Um, so that, that I mean, gets it him be over the line. I think I think I think he'd still play. Yeah, but he'd be on the edge of your 22. Be on the fringes. Yeah, I mm. I don't think it's the hugest loss if they get the deals done. I, I think agree. I think it's he'd I be mean, I think he'd be a bit stiff, um, mm. yeah. giving so much to your club and uh, serving your suspension. And um, I mean, he hasn't set the world on fire since he got back, but he's certainly a quality player. Yeah, I, cer- I certainly Essendon would be happy if they get the three boys in, and and I mean, and, if they lose Kyle, I mean, they're, overall loss. they're happy, but. I mean, let's not. Yeah. Let's as not a, just as a, even as a clubman, as an ex- yeah. as a veteran in your club, walking around, bringing some experience, creating that culture. I think he's a bit of a loss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we've got a couple more. We've got James Aish potentially being on the trade table. He's been on the fringes of that uh, Collingwood twenty-two since his uh, move from Brisbane. Uh, do you think he can really establish himself as a full-time AFL player, Sam? Yeah, this rumour came out of Brian Waldron, again, on this morning on SEM, the extra St Kilda uh, CEO, and he says that it's supposedly on the table um, because he hasn't really sort of performed at Collingwood the way that they would have been hoping to. Um, Brisbane were, I was quite disappointed, and Brisbane were quite disappointed when we lost him hmm. uh, a couple of seasons ago because um, he does have a lot of talent and he has a lot of potential, but he just really hasn't really hasn't shown that um, and his time at Collingwood, he's spent two seasons there, only played about a season's worth of football in total. And um, he turns 22 in November, so he's still got heaps of time on his side to sort of, if he wants to move to a new club and perform. He just doesn't impact games enough, does he? No. Um, no. He's, he's, he's got a lot, yeah. he's just, got a lot um, mm. going for him. He's got a lot of tools. He's got a lot of tricks, but he just doesn't, doesn't impact games enough. And I think... Yeah. His biggest it's weakness. Not there, he yeah. should. It's, mm. it's, I mean, it's just frustrating to watch him. I mean, he should be. We all, yep. We're all saying this same thing. I mean, he should be impacting games. He should be getting games every week. Yeah. Um, but he's not. He's not <coughs> impacting games enough. And the other thing for me is if the, if, if Collingwood's putting him on the trade table, that's just another trade woe for them. I mean, how many times are they? That's Chris exactly, Main yeah. coming yep. in on big money. 
Aish, and they're going to trade him out for probably less value than they when they brought him in. Yeah. So they're going to get less than what they paid for him. That's just another trade fail for Collingwood if he is on the table. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah, the one thing that uh, I definitely think will happen is if they if they offer him up and want to go, someone will pick him up, and he's worth maybe second round draft pick something like that. That in turn could be used. Because remember how we said they only had to pick 6 and 37. If they get another mid-range in that 20 to 30 round for a draft pick, that could be used to sort of make another deal happen. So maybe he's just a bit of a pawn kind of in like a sort of a bigger movement. And unfortunately, just because he's not impacting games, that's yep. the one that that's, he's, he's, mm. the one, he's the victim in this, in this Collingwood setup. Yeah. And just rounding off the trader, uh, the... The rumour mill, uh, GWS uh, reportedly interested in Mitch Honeychurch, the Bulldog, who's also another player who's never really established himself as a regular f- a first 22. Uh, Sam, do you, th- do you think Honeychurch fits in well GWS? They've lost Kennedy. Do you think he's a depth player or do you think he can actually get into their first 22? I don't know yet. You're right with Honeychurch. It's just that he hasn't really performed at the Western Bulldogs at all. And like we like you said before, Jim, you know, sometimes by this point if they haven't if they haven't performed, they just need to move to a different club. GWS would be, weirdly, I reckon, would probably be in a, kind of an attractive proposition to go to as a club as well. Like, there's going to be not that much attention on you, um, and he's and he's going to he's going to be playing finals football. So you're, you're right. If Kenny goes out, there is I, th- I think there is space for him at GWS. Yeah, I think well, especially with you wouldn't think Tendai Mozungu or Matt DeBoer be getting games on face value, but they do. So they're crying out for exactly. a role player who yeah. tackles, mm. puts in effort. So it'll be interesting. And just rounding it off, uh, a couple of. Uh, experienced players from the West. Sharrod Wellingham, one of them uh, from the West Coast Eagles, looks like he's on his way out. Um, he hasn't been offered a contract yet. And neither has Nick Subin. Uh, 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 Tabernar has been offered a contract, but Subin hasn't been, and he ha- he didn't play a hell of a lot of games this year, so he might struggle. Um, and that's all we have for the, for the rumour mill. Now we're moving on to our discussion point. What's Charlie Cameron... Motlop, Lever, Stringer, even Smith, Impey, Shacky, all outside the top 10 of their respective clubs, best and fairest, just because they're on the trade table and we talk about them, do you think that makes us overrate them as players sometimes, Harrow? Uh, potentially. We potentially have. I mean, it's an interesting discussion to say if if you look at a, a, a best and fairest to, to value a player. I mean, I certainly don't think clubs really do. I mean, if Melbourne <coughs> wouldn't really be thinking, oh, no, he's come 11th in their best and fairest. Um, but potentially we have certainly with, I mean, certainly with um, Jack Watts we've probably overrated him. Stephen Motlop even we've we might have just overrated him because of maybe even because of his final series. Um, I think I think it has some merit. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting thing to sort of look at um, all these players um, demanding so much, so much market value, but none of them finishing in their club's top ten best and fairest. I think it's a bit of an, an anomaly. I think Tom Rockliffe is the top ten best player at Brisbane right now. Uh, oh, Rockcliffe finished top 10. Oh, sorry. Yeah, not easily. Um, not Rock, uh, also, Jack, Jack Lever. Watt. Jack Lever's 100%. He was in the Australian yeah, yeah. squad. Yeah. Um, Stephen Motlop, I'd put him in the top 10 best players at Geelong. Mm. One of definitely top 10 most influential. Mm. Um, so I think, it's especially for it's one season. That's yeah, but he's... he's he doesn't, I think don't think anyone has any doubt that he's top 10 most influential. But he's finished outside the top 10 best and fairest because he's inconsistent. And he's also come second in the best affairs. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Um, but he's have we um, increased? Have we sort of fallen in love with him and thought his market value is so high because of what we know he can do? 
compared to what he has done, what he's produced? Yeah, yeah I think it's definitely possible. I think once the, the top tier, your Josh Kellys, your Dusty Martins, uh, become unavailable, we really focus on the, the second or even third tier players and possibly overrate them. I think it's a big concern because you obviously want to be picking up players when they're uh, peaking in form, not when they're declining. And Motlop, he played his best footy when he first <coughs> burst onto that scene in that forward line. And I think what saves him his trade to Port is his great uh, final series. Uh, we saw how influential he was, and he really showed the world how good he can be. Um, so that I think that saves him. That puts it into perspective to he can return to that sort of form. Sam, where do you where do you see Motlop fitting in? Do you think he's you think he's worth it for Port? I reckon he definitely is worth it for Port. Um, I want to just talk about all these players in general. Is that if you're spending, you know, the best part of the half a season with all this media attention on you, and you know, people constantly um, talk about how you're playing, I reckon that would have some sort of impact to you on the field. And you know, after a while, especially if you know that you're going to be leaving a club, by the end, you almost—I'm not—I can't speak for them, but you'd almost not want to be out there. You'd almost, you'd almost not not want to be out there, but you'd just want to get over and done with and be moving to your new club. So I think. In the way that we shouldn't really care about their BNFs, they wouldn't really care about their BNFs or anything like that. Um, and you know, I, I think if you look at all these players here, you cannot doubt that any one of them is not in their some sort of top they, influential. They in all have, of course. Players. I mean, they all have value. I mean, when we yeah. see a player on a trade table, we look at what they can do and not what they what they can't do. Mm. Um, but yeah, look, I think they're all. I yeah, think that's what yeah. I mean. I mean, they're all quality players, but yeah. Um, now, I just, think this is probably just a thing that we're probably spending. That I think you know um, we probably got a little bit too caught up in, and we don't we don't really just. It's it's the yeah. current theme at the moment, isn't it? What they can do compared to what they have done of recent seasons. Uh, when mm. you look at uh, Motlop and Stringer are the two that lead that title. Um, Jake Stringer, even Watts as well. Even Watts, yeah. you can add Watts to the list, but Jake Stringer is the perfect example of someone who's got unbelievable talent. Yeah. But uh, last year, he's just. Missing yeah. in action, uh, and I think Shaq is the same as well because he we we think he could be one of the best forwards in the league um, once he develops. Mm. But this year, I think he played ten games and kicked nine goals, and so you know he's, he's mm. not even. I mean, the puck. It, probably a little little bit different with Shaq. I mean, he's only yeah, had two years in the forward, system. Yeah. He's a tall forward. He's only had two years in the system, so I think it might be slightly different with him. But yeah, the points. Also but the points, yeah, it's interesting. Now, Adam Cooney has come up with a couple of potential trade ideas to bring Gary Ablett Jr. back to the cattery. James, uh, what are your thoughts on these trades? Do you give them any credit? So just for what are they first? Tell us what they are. So, so for Gary Ablett, he reckons pick 19 plus Jackson Thurlow and Darcy Lang to Gold Coast for Gary Ablett. As a Geelong supporter, I would be filthy if this went through. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of deals where I, I, I refer to the Dean Gore one with Dangerfield. There's a lot of deals where players um, get sort of chucked in and make it seem like two two poor players equals one good. But in this situation, I mean Darcy Lang's a really good player. Mm. I think pick nine. What pick was it? Sorry, pick nineteen. Pick that's, ni- that's our first and only. I think like pick nineteen is pick. a good pick. Um, I think that's that's a lot for for someone who. I mean, he might deliver you a premiership. But it's a lot for someone who could who probably only play two, three years. It's well, worth it if he delivers them a premiership. It is, though. of course, it is. Yeah. So if they get a premiership, then it's why it's being tossed up. For it sure. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But it's just how much do you want to? Yeah. How much do you want to give up? It's a big risk. It's a yeah. it's all or nothing type and scenario. It is a real and like there are people who are already saying Geelong are all or nothing. I think that's 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 pretty yeah. much all or nothing. It's yeah. Really, to its fullest extent. Like Thurlow had a down the assist, down year this year, but he missed all of the year before. 
And before, and especially in the last couple of years, Geelong will really rate him. He's a good player, I think. Um, and I think he's got a future. He's only he's only twenty three ish. He's just been struck Darcy Lang. Darcy, Darcy Lang was a first um sorry a first round selection. Came into the final series. I think he had played decently. Mm. He pu- pushed um, Parsons mm. out, who had a role. Mm. Um, I think I think both of those players. I mean, Darcy Lang sounds like he's going to go anyway, but um, I just wouldn't give them away it's that easily. Lot. And especially with pick nineteen, our first and only uh, high ish draft pick. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, there's another one he's he's come up with. He reckons Charlie Cameron, with pick 41, uh, with um, Brisbane's pick 41 and 2018 second round draft pick, is worth Charlie Cameron. So we're talking what's that second round? So we're going to finish like about 15th. So it's what about pick 30 yeah. and pick 41 for Charlie Cameron? You'd Seems probably way under for me. Ooh, yeah, that's pretty cheap. Be, I think Brisbane's happy. Yeah, that's an absolute steal. Um, although I would be a little bit nervous about giving away a draft pick for the year after just because you're not sure where that whether it's actually going to fit and where you're going to finish you know you're sort of speculating into the future i think clubs i think clubs trade their future um picks away mm. backing themselves in yeah but, just hoping that they can i mean of... even if i mean even if brisbane finish well, i mean this is ridiculous but even if brisbane finish say ninth or tenth yeah that's still i think brisbane would still take that deal mm. for, for charlie cameron he's someone that is um, easily in their best um, six for their for their forward line. He could even go in the midfield. He's someone yep. that they that would really improve their team. And you look at it the other way, you go, well, even if they finish last again, which I don't think they will, but that's still pick 18 and what? Ni- no, 19 and 41 for Charlie Cameron. Second round pick, so it'd be more yeah. like it'd be 30-something. Yeah, so. it'd be even later, so wouldn't it? So either way, that's that's an absolute steal, I think, regardless for Charlie Cameron. Yeah. Right. Any more, Jim? So he's the Josh Shackey deal. He's got um, Josh Shackey for pick 15 from Richmond... Or pick six from Collingwood and a player. Actually, no, sorry. Pick 15 and a player from Richmond or pick six straight from Collingwood. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think we are talking about before. I'm not sure if um, Collingwood would be willing to give up pick six. Yeah, um, yeah. pretty much, think, uh, pretty much uh, already ruled it out. I think that's off it? the table. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. in terms of Richmond then. So pick 15 and a player. I mean, that could that could get it done. Mm. That could get it done, yeah. um, I, think, I think that's probably of the three we've talked about so far. I think that's more yeah. likely. Yeah, yeah. Um, who would the player depends be? who the player is. Richmond Sam, have got, they, uh, Sam Lloyd, check. maybe? He's been oh, no, I wouldn't be. No, he wouldn't, wouldn't be he's been a bit on the outer at Rich- Richmond, but, you know, um, who else would you think would be in that I mean, Brisbane of... need midfield depth. Mm. Brisbane need midfield depth. Um, Richmond have got pick 15 and 17 to play with, so it's not like that's their first and only first rounder. So, um, 17 is basically the same as well. So, the, problem with, the problem with trading for key forwards who have only played, in Josh Shuckey's case, two years, this is, I mean, he wasn't drafted... To play to dominate in his first two years, he was drafted to be a key forward for 10, 15 years. He was never expected to to come out in the first two years and dominate. But but that's what we have to look at for what for what his value is. Mm. Like that's what we have to look at. So yeah. it's it's hard to sort of to sort of place it. Well, it's an interesting one with Josh Shackey. I heard someone from um, from Champion Data, I think it was, rating how they rate. You almost look at more at their um, junior footy to see, like, to project into the future. And he was saying almost every successful AFL forward at the moment um, are rated really highly with their ranking points in, like, junior footy. Mm-hmm. And Shaki was off the charts. He averaged about yeah. 150. Well, yeah. and otherwise he wouldn't have been drafted at the second Well, selection. yeah, but at, at high pick. But he's saying, like, Tom Hawkins dominated um, junior footy. But like Shaki, averaged about a goal a game for the first... How many years? More Tom Hawkins four. didn't come on until the 2011 grand final. Exactly. Literally. And so um, with key forwards, you got to you got to... Uh, wait. So I think clubs would be aware of that. That they've got to pay a bit overs for, like on face value. Yeah. He, he hasn't earned it so much, but knowing what he could be in the futures, 
um, attributes to his worth. And but I think it might just quickly, just quickly. I think it might also it could it could. I mean that could happen as well, and it could go the other way where a club goes well. What has he delivered? So, I mean I'm not going to give you. In Collingwood's case, I'm going to give you pick six for someone who hasn't delivered. So I think it could also go the other way. Well, that's probably what Collingwood have done. I mean, mm. we, we wonder why they haven't done it. Maybe they just don't rate him as yeah. highly as we do. Yeah, and um, also in terms of looking from Brisbane's perspective of this, we know that Shaq is really homesick and that he probably doesn't want to stay in Brisbane too much. From that perspective, would you you'd be kind of... Not looking to offload him, but you'd be like you'd be wanting to work with him. And well, if he if he does want to go home, you don't want you don't want a player that's going to just be spend another season sort of half being there, looking to go home on your list. You'd want to get him out. You'd want to get someone new in. You'd yeah. want to get it done as quickly as possible, wouldn't you? Yeah, but but he he, he wouldn't have signed a mm. two year extension mm. a month or two ago if he was absolutely desperate. I mean, I think his manager said his preference is to go home, but he 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 would. Um, if, yeah. he, if he had to stay, he'd be, he'd be fine. Well, from the sounds of it, it was more Brisbane got it getting on the front foot and being like, well, look, if you don't 100% want to be here and we can actually get something out of you, if we can sort a deal, let's get what we let's do something that will uh, benefit both sides. Yeah. Now, moving on to our uh, in-depth analysis of the 18 clubs, uh, Sam's covered Fremantle for us today. Club in focus. Yes, so, I have. For Club in Focus, Sam, can you kick us off, please, with who the, who Fremantle will look at getting this trade? So period. in this trade period, they're they're not the most proactive of teams. If I'd said this, if I'd written this two days ago, I would be saying, look, they're going to get um, Jesse Hogan, but it's that's not gone. So in terms of confirmed players that we're actually going to talk about, um, Brandon Matera from the Gold Coast, he looks like he's going to come. And he's going to go, and he will fit perfectly straight into their 22 up forward. They already have a lot of um, depth with smaller, fast players, but there's always space for more, especially when you've got someone with the quality of Brandon Matera. Um, and their second player that we know and are very certain about is Nathan Wilson from DWS. Um, like Matera, he's going to play straight away. He's going to go right into the back line, which is funny enough because both these players actually come into a team that has a lot of half-back strength and a lot of um, you know running small forward kind of players, which both these players are, but... Nathan Wilson is good enough to go straight away into their back line. He'll fit perfectly into their back six. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big coup for them. Nathan Wilson's a gun. Yeah, yeah. great player. Um, in terms of who they're going to lose, well, they've already delisted several players. Garrick Ibbotson, uh, Zach Dawson, uh, Zach Clark and Jonathan Griffin. They've all been delisted. And Shane Yaron as well, but that's because he's um, ended up in prison. Um, and Hayden Crozier is going to be, at some point, traded away, uh, we believe. Yeah, so, very likely. Yeah, dogs so, to the dogs, okay. maybe. Yeah, so he, so he's not. I uh, don't think in many. I don't think really he's going to be around next year. So that brings us on to our best, my best twenty-two for them for two thousand and eighteen. Here we go. So this is big. So their back six, full back. We're going to have Ed Langdon, Joel Hamling, and Griffin Logue. Griffin Logue, I think, is going to develop into a really good player. He's got a big body and he will take on a key position role. Joel Hamling's come a long way in two and, years as well. Oh, yeah, especially, yeah. Underrated trade for Freo last year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's gone kind of under the radar, I think, in the last... He was playing... Two, in their premiership year, the Dogs, he was playing practice matches for Footscray in the VFL and he's come all the way from there. Premiership player now, a staple in, in the back six. Yep. yep. And um, on the half-back line, Lockie Weller, who's had a really good year this year, uh, Michael Johnson, and then Nathan Wilson. And like we said before, Nathan Wilson is going to come from GBS and he will fit perfectly in there. So that's a really strong half-back line. In the centre, we're going to have the two Hill brothers on the wing, Steve and Brad. Brad won their uh, best and first, I believe. Yeah, yep. yeah which is a great, great um, pick-up for them. And uh, Lockie Neal. 
who we know is just a really good centre player. On the half forward line, this is where it gets a bit difficult because there's a lot of they've got a lot of similar players in this position. So I've actually gone Cam Sutcliffe, Shane Kirsten, and Brandon Matera. And Shane Kirsten, I picked ahead of Matt Tavener, which I'll discuss in a second. And then on their full forward line is Michael Walters, who's missed a bit of the year due to injury. Uh, Cam McCarthy, who I think has got a lot of, lot of promise, hasn't delivered on it yet, but has a lot of promise. And uh, Hayden Ballantyne, who's just a constant constant staple of their forward line. And there are and there are rucks. Uh, Aaron Sanderlands, he's going to start off from there for now. Um, how much his body holds up is a question I don't think anyone except for Sandy's going to know. Five and money. So I mean that's a you know that's a great that's a great ruck three there. And on the interchange we have Darcy Tucker. Unlucky to miss out on the back half back line again, just due to depth. Connor Blakely going to be a really good player. Matt Tabernell again, unlucky to miss out. And Harley Bennell. Harley Bennell is basically like a new recruit for them, really, because he's only played two games in two seasons, I believe. So you know, not a lot. And then unlucky to miss out. Ethan Hughes, Tommy Sheridan, Sean Darcy, uh, Pierce Ubergang, and Aitmus. So that I, I think they actually have quite a lot of depth. I there. think I think Blakely, Tabernell, and Bennell, especially Bennell, are all pretty stiff to be benched, Sammy. Yeah, well, I think that's just sort of... Um, Blakely on the bench. I know, yeah. Got to make the big call sometimes. One of their best players last and year. And then I think like, I, I, he will definitely be on the field. Like, I've just sort of like put him on the bench for now. And he'll by the end of the year, he'll be on the ground. Um, Tabana, like it's just you know Shane Kirsten, I think, I rate him more. And then Cam McCarthy, I think, has got a bit more going for him than Matt Tabana. And Harley Bennell, it's only, like I said before, is only because he's a new player. You don't think Shane Kirsten plays more of a third tall type yeah. and you can fit Matt Tabana in there? Well, I think only because Matt Tabana and McCarthy are still fairly young. They're still sort of developing. Uh, I think you'd want you'd want one you'd, you'd want a bit more of an experienced player sort of starting off on the ground. And then, you know, um, Tabana and McCarthy going on with them. Um, in terms of what they have, so they have plenty of half-back runners, so like Wilson, Weller, Langdon, Hughes, and outside runners in the Hill Brothers and those pacey small forwards. Ballantyne, Matera and Bennell. So that there, they're all really good players. And the best thing about their list is that most of their players are no older than their mid-20s. What do they need, Sam? Um, in terms of what they need, they need a Michael Barlow-type player. So he was really important for them. He can go into the midfield. <laughs> Michael Barlow-type player. Yeah. Like, um, you know, that ability to go into the midfield, you know, get um, 20-something disposals and then kick a goal or two as required. Um, a key position forward or to see massive development out of McCarthy and Tavener with Kirsten. That's why I said Kirsten the same on the pitch. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. they're looking at the, the development side of that um, yep. rather than the... The trading side, I think uh, they're putting their eggs in the Tabernacle and um, Kirsten basket, uh, as, as along with McCarthy. Yeah, I think they've been forced. I think not necessarily by choice. I think if they had the option of a Hogan or a big four that actually wanted what? to go to Freer, I think they'd, they'd I jump think the chance. Matt, Matt Tabernacle's got plenty of plenty don't, of don't ability. He's got plenty of ability, yeah. and um, I think he. He'll be one of those players that just bursts onto the scene one year. He'll be really slow to get going, and then he'll just have a good year, and he'll uh, establish himself as a great player in the comp, yep. I think. And the last thing they need probably is a ruckman. Um, Sean Darcy's shown a lot this season, but Sandland, you can't count him to have any more than about 15 games this year, so they're going to need a third player. Um, so in terms of the draft, Sam, who are they going to look to pick up? Yep, so they've got, some, they've got a weird situation where they have pick 40 and pick 5, and then nothing else until pick 40, and then pick 55 again. So you can only speculate with picks 40 and 55 because you've just got no idea who's going to go in those 30, 40 um, picks beforehand. But in terms of pick five, I think they'll be targeting Jaden Stevenson. 
198 centimeters, 75 kilos. He's a really tall outside runner. Could fulfill the role that I need of that, like that Michael Barlow type player, as I said before, that forward and mid player. He had 30 touches, 11 tackles, six clearances, five inside 50s, and a goal in the first game of the TAC Cup finals. So if that doesn't scream quality, I'm not sure what does. Yeah, he's and got a really light frame, but he's got a lot about him. Oh, he? He's yeah. electric. Exactly, yeah. And um, that, that final actually represented his form during the whole of the TAC Cup. Um, best on ground in the under-18 All-Stars uh, match and a score consistent in the draft combine so far. Um, if they really are brave, they could go for Sam Hayes. He's a rock forward, but probably not going to happen. And Adam Chera, if he's available, but he's going to yeah. go quite high in the draft. Yeah, I think uh, Sean Darcy did a huge, huge role for them in the second half of the year when uh, Sanderlands went down. I think they really like him. I think everyone saw how impressive he was in his first year. So I don't think they'll be looking at Hayes. I think uh, Stevenson fits in perfectly. Uh, in terms of the prediction, Sam, where do you see them next year? Yeah, so I think there's a lot more depth to their list than what people might expect from them, with a lot of players coming into their prime age now in that mid-20s. Uh, Ross Lyne, he'll be using this year as a bit of a rebuild, in terms of like a really big rebuild. But the players he requires are already at the club. They're not, they probably don't need to recruit too heavily, I'd say. And um, the only the only um, exception to that is the introduction of Stevenson. So he's just going to be the main addition to them. Uh, best case scenario for them is 10 wins. And I think I honestly think they... Potentially could do that. That's a, bit, that's a lot. It's, that's a, a it's a lot of wins, but you know, if they start working, they're playing the way they did in the middle of the year. They they could do it. Yeah, definitely. Worst case scenario is if they continue that form that they finish the season with with two hundred consecutive hundred point losses. They'll only win five games if they do that, and that's 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 you know alarm bells. So where where do you see them personally? Um, eight wins. I reckon eight wins is probably a solid target for them. You know, not quite in that bottom two or three teams in the comp, and you know, but like around maybe a fourteenth sort of position. Welcome back to the trade table on Sin 90.7 FM. Now, with 10 minutes to go, we're going to get into our next club in focus. And Billy, you've got North Melbourne to cover for us today. I do indeed. Uh, let's start off with who they'll get. It's a bit of a barren wasteland at this stage of proceedings for North. Quiet, haven't they? The Sahara Desert of footy over there, isn't it? Their list. They are very quiet. What are they doing at Eddie Stadium at the moment, though? Seriously, like relaying the turf. They just be sitting in the corner waiting for someone to talk. Probably watching the A League, actually. So I think they'll look to the draft to bring in players. So they've got pick four, pick twenty-one, and pick forty-five from the Dogs. Uh, who they'll lose, we talked about it early in the show. Our Aaron Mullet played 18 games this year. He's been delisted. Goes along with Corey Wagner, Sam Gibson and Lockie Hansen. So four experienced players there gone. Uh, other than Wagner, he's a fourth-year player. Um, and the future of Jared Waite and Scott Thompson's to be decided next week. Uh, obviously two uh, veterans that have been going around for a long time on their last legs. Now, let's jump in straight into my best 22. And I've got, got, Bill? I've got, got, let's start off with the full back line. Luke McDonald, Robbie Tarrant, Ed Vickers-Willis. Halfbacks, Sean Attlee, Scott Thompson, Marley Williams. Centre line, Jamie McMillan, Jack Siebel and Sean Higgins. Half forward, Hrovat, Jared Waite and Lindsay Thomas. Full forward line, Mason Wood, Ben Brown and Jed Anderson. I've got Todd Goldstein as the main ruck with Dumont and Cunnington. And then the interchange bench sees Braden Proust, Taylor Garner, Sam Wright and Andrew Swallow sitting on the pine. Uh, I've left out some young blokes purely because I think the North veterans, they've still got something to offer. Um, but we'll see a lot of these players to get game times in 2018. Players like Ben Jacobs, Ryan Clark, Sam Durden, Jai Simpkin, uh, Kane Turner and Majak Dorr. Um, Harrow, what are your thoughts on that, man? Got a couple of problems, Billy. 
Ryan Clark, what, what's your problem with him? Do you not rate him over Andrew Swallow on his last legs? Even I, I could even find a spot for him over Lindsay Thomas on the forward flank. Yeah, look, a couple of experienced campaigners. Uh, I think it's important to have that experience in your team along with the young kids. And I think um, Ryan Clark will get games this year, no doubt about that. But um, I just see, in terms of a best 22, I think Thomas and Swallow offer more at this stage. Next year, probably not, but at this stage. I think that could be a bit harsh on him. And do you think you're not a bit top-heavy? Goldstein... Um, is well known for rucking 90, 95% of games. Yeah, yeah, does, yeah. Does Bruce fit in there with Jared Waite, Ben Brown, Mason Wood? Are they a bit top-heavy? Look, I've been tossing and turning all night about this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mad, Mad Jack Dore, he, he's, that, he's got a little bit of more mobility to him, a bit more flexibility than Bruce, but Bruce is just so good. I, I just couldn't leave him out. He's shown that he's a ready-made AFL player, and I think... To leave him out this year uh, again would just be would be criminal for me. Uh, I'm not I'm not shuttered with that. I can live with that, but I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not having Ryan Clark out of the team. Oh, okay, fair enough, mate. Um, so moving on to what they have, uh, they've got a uh, big boner Brown, Ben Brown. Uh, <laughs> he kicked sixty goals this year in a team. I think that... you invented that name, Bill. <laughs> BT. Oh, no, uh, he kicked 60 goals this year in a team that finished 15th. I mean... Incredible, isn't it? If they can add some class into their midfield from natural progression of these young players... Ryan Clark. Um, <laughs> yeah, you've got to play you got to get on the park. Opposition teams, they won't have an answer for Brown. Um, even this year with the with the service, he still kicked 67, so he, he's incredible. But but with Brown in that forward line, they've still got Jared Waite, and when he's fit and in form... Oh, good play. Really? It's True. rare, but... But if he is, and it's an if, but he's shown that he has he goes through patches where he has the ability to kick bags of goals yeah. oh, and be a real real yeah. nuisance. Real um, nuisance. What's wrong with that? They'd be a real nuisance for opposition. <laughs> oh, you're right. No, you're right. Yeah, thank you. And uh, <laughs> um, he has that ability, but I think uh, Mason Wood's the one who's really impressing me. Yeah, um, yeah. He's a really good player and he's one for their future big time. Uh, Robbie Tarrant's a genuine gun of the competition, but he needs a partner in crime other than Scotty Thompson, who's on his last legs. He really needs someone like a like a Durden to step up, and I think that's what North's looking at. Um, a lot of their best players are in their prime of their career, so that's a positive. Cunnington's 26, Siebel's 26, even Higgins and Goldie, 29. Uh, in terms of uh, what they need, let's, let's go straight into the draft, um, and let's look at... Who, what type of players North will be wanting to bring into their club. Uh, for pick four, I've looked at Adam Serra. Uh, an injury-interrupted season means he's flown under the radar a little bit, but this kid's talent, it's just known to everyone. He wins the ball on the inside and possesses a classy kick with his right foot. Um, I think North are screaming out for a genuine A-grader for the future in, in the middle of the park. Um, a good user other than Sean Higgins. Look, they're not, they're not at, by any means a Melbourne with... Uh, Clayton Oliver, Petraka, Viney. They need someone like Sarah. They need a bit of hope for the fans for the future. Yep. And then when you look at pick 21, uh, this lends into the similar sort of thing. I've looked at Lockie Fogarty. Uh, he's another clean and polished mid. He can win the ball on the inside and outside. And I'll skim through it because we're running out of time. But uh, So where do they finish? Where, uh, what's your prediction? Look, it's going to be a long year for North, in my opinion. I really don't. I don't rate their risks, uh, rate their list compared to a lot of AFL clubs. I'm going to be honest. Wooden spoon for me. Um, really? Yeah, uh, less than five wins. Uh, 
and I just can't see it from. I could see them winning the wooden spoon, but also improving where they may be in the next four years. Yeah, very. So I can think, I can see it being a positive year, um, but I could, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they got the wooden spoon. Sitting on the fence nicely there, Harrow. <laughs> uh, let's, let's move on to think on your feet. We really got to think of our feet now, yeah. boys, because so, we haven't got much time. What delisted players most likely to find your club, Harrow? I think the most likely to find a new club is Sam Gibson. A shock that he got delisted. Still a good player. Still got a couple of years left in him. Running machine. I reckon Jack Trango from Melbourne. He's really stiff to get delisted. Um, got given the captaincy too early. Did a lot mm. of responsibility. Copped a lot of flack unnecessarily. I, th- mm. I thought injury injury uh, troubled. I think in a new club, he's got still got a lot to offer. I think uh, Troy Menzel's one that's... Uh, He's gone to a talent-packed Adelaide forward line and he's got plenty of talent himself. So if the club needs to fill that void, he could be one that finds it's a new It's a fair line. call. Adelaide had a huge mid- um, sorry, forward line. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy to get yourself in that, oh, that no forward means. line. And for me, I've gone uh, Aaron Mullet from North. Again, like Gibson, very unlucky to get delisted. Still only 25, plenty of time in his career left. He's going to find another club. No worries. Who will be more important to Port Adelaide? Motlop, Watts or Rockcliffe? If they all get there, by the way. But yes, yeah. if they do... I think Motlop will will uh, be the most important. Um, a bit like Jack Watts, he's just a great user um, and does a lot with the ball, and they need that. If I'm to rank these three players in like just in terms of who's a better player, who's delivered more, then Watts is arguably last. But I'm I'm saying Watts will be more important to Port if he gets there because he's something that they don't have, and what he can bring is something that they need. Sam and I have both gone for Rockcliffe just purely on the basis that he is an absolute gun of the competition and if he can return to his form, uh, he's just levels above Motlop and Watts for, for us. So it's not even... <laughs> he's a more proven player, isn't he? He's, yeah, he's, he's, done, it, he's done it more consistently. He'll come into the team and have well, I don't more think effect quicker. the others yeah. have the ability to to reach where Rockcliffe's reached already, in my opinion. But, but anyway. Think, oh, right. no, moving on. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> of the bottom five teams, who's closest to finals? Lions. So we've got Lions, Blues, Dockers, Suns or Roos. Yeah, I like the Blues here. Um, I really like what they've done with their key position players. They've got some good ball users in last year. Um, I really like where the Blues are going. I don't think the Lions and the Dockers are too far behind, but I'd take the Blues here. Yeah, I've gone Frio. Um, if you, anyone with Fife, Mundy, Sandlin still playing, Hill Brothers, Walters, um, Blakely, Blakely. <laughs> yes, Blakely. The we list goes on. So James and I have gone for Frio. Hamling as well. Uh, they've got a lot of quality. I think injuries have accrued in the last few years. They, they've got a lot of upside. Yep, and for me, I've gone Blues. I reckon they play a pretty pretty solid brand of footy. Um, you know, if they, all they need is one. Goal kicker, you know, someone like a Shaki, go up, get them to their club, give them another option up forward, and they'll they'll be they'll be very solid coming in the next few years. Yeah, I think finals. it's between those two those two clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all we have time for on the trade table today. Thanks for joining us, and hit us up on Facebook at www.facebook forward slash the trade table, or on Twitter at the trade table, and we'll be on tomorrow. So tune in and uh, have a lovely day. Yep, and we're going to go to a song now, and yeah, exactly. (laughs) 